Well, Merry Christmas. You can open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. We'll be starting in chapter 52 of Isaiah, verse 13, going into chapter 53 to the end of that chapter. As you see in your bulletin, the title for this morning's sermon is An Unwanted Gift. An Unwanted Gift. Now, usually I have three points for you in the sermon. This morning we have five points. A little Christmas bonus for you. Hopefully that is not an unwanted gift for you. But we will begin in verse 13. Words that I think often we associate with Easter. But this morning we will see how God's gift to us in His Son, Jesus Christ, though initially an unwanted gift, is the very gift that we all need so desperately. Behold, my servant shall act wisely, and he shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them they shall see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at Him, and no beauty that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastenment that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He opened not His mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living. Stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked. And with a rich man in his death although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, 
because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. This is God's holy word. Let us pray. Creator God, you remind us that the darkness of ignorance and doubt cannot overcome your life-giving word. May your Holy Spirit, who first inspired these words of Scripture, shine your light and once again awaken us to the hearing and the living of this radiant truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The fourth and final theme of Advent is love. You see, Christmas is the story of how God loved the world. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, it was the love of God for His creation that motivated Him to give His one and only Son to the world. God's love for the world made it so that He was not willing to see His people perish. And on Christmas morning, the love of God was made manifest in the birth of a child. But the giving of the Son did not just include a birth. God also gave His Son to die. You see, the ultimate gift of God's love was giving His Son as a sacrifice for sin, even as we heard this morning in 1 John 4, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, God loved His broken world so much that He gave the life of His Son to redeem it from the curse of sin. The gift of Christmas is that Jesus, the Son of God, came to this world to die for the sins of those who would believe in Him. He lived for their salvation. He died for their salvation. It is a truth that staggers the mind and should cause us to rejoice. God loved us so much that He gave His Son to us completely. And you would think that a world in need of a Savior would open their arms joyfully and receive this gift. We think that the words of the hem would ring true, that the weary world would rejoice at the birth of a Savior. But this is not what happened. Man was not willing to receive this gift. John 1.11 tells us, Jesus came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. The very people to whom the gift of Christmas was sent did not receive the love of God. There was no rejoicing at the gift of Christmas. It was a gift that they didn't want. Did you ever receive a Christmas gift that you didn't want? You didn't want to seem ungrateful, but you know that you're never going to wear that singing Christmas tie. You have no use for another Santa Claus trinket. 
you know that you're never going to read a book about the history of Greenland. Sorry for Greenland enthusiasts out there. And as you thank the gift giver, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I wonder where they bought this so I can take it back. Or who could I re-gift this thing to? Sometimes worse than a gift that you will never use is the gift that you really need, but you don't want. You unwrap your present and there is a copy of the South Beach Diet. And you think, what is my wife trying to tell me? Or everything in your stocking has the common theme of dental hygiene. Why did I get a toothbrush, dental floss, mouthwash, and an appointment with my dentist? You see, when the gift of Christmas was revealed in the birth of Christ, the world saw it, and they didn't want it. It was not what they expected. It was not what they had desired. But it was exactly what they needed. In our text for this morning, the prophet Isaiah tells his audience how the world was shocked by the gift of God's love. They didn't want it, but they needed it. And this morning, I want to show you why the gift of Christmas may seem shocking, yet why it is so desperately needed. Now, the first thing that we learn from our text this morning is that the people of the world will be shocked that God's gift of his son is what they truly need. Look down at verse 13 of chapter 52. Look in your Bible there and see how the world is shocked. It says, behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted as many were as astonished at you. His appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them they see and that which they have not heard they understand. Isaiah begins at the end of the story of Christ. He says that the servant of God will be lifted up and highly exalted. This is where the history of the world is heading. All the activities of life, all the events of history will culminate in this one event. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to be glorified and exalted at His return. 2 Thessalonians 1.10 tells us, that when He comes on that day, He will be glorified in His saints and He will be marveled at among all those who have believed. All those who have believed in the love of God and the Lord Jesus Christ are going to look at their Lord and we will marvel at His return. We will see His glory and His beauty and He will be exalted. But the response of the world is going to be very different. They will not marvel at the triumph of Christ, but they will stand in shocked silence. It says, and the kings will shut their mouths because of him. You see, all the inane bluster and pompous politicking will come to an end. Why will the kings of the earth be left in silence? 
because they were not willing to receive the king of kings. He was a gift that they did not desire. They looked at him and they were appalled at what they saw. They opened their Christmas present and they didn't like what was inside. So they tried to exchange it. They put it up on the shelf thinking it would make a fine yard sale item. But in the end, when Christ is glorified and all his people are standing there marveling at his appearing, those who rejected him will be speechless. They will be dumbfounded at the majesty and the beauty and the glory and the justice that our Lord Jesus Christ brings at His appearing. They will be stunned that the stone the builders rejected will become the very cornerstone itself. You see, the world will be shocked that they needed Christ. They will be shocked by His appearing. And as his people erupt with shouts of victory, those who rejected him will shut their mouths because of him. Why? Why will they be shocked? They will be shocked because they will see how much they truly needed him. The next thing that we see in our text is that the gift of God's Son shocks the world Because Jesus did not look like a gift that they wanted. Look at verse 1 of chapter 53 in your text. Look down there. It says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. You see, the message of the love of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ has not been believed. But why? Well, because he did not look the part. There was nothing promising about an old root sticking out of some dry portion of ground. He did not have any majesty. He did not have any glory at his first advent. There was nothing attractive about this man. They wanted a king on a horse with a sword in his hand coming to conquer. And he was a child born in a stable. And we have to realize that we want something that looks nice. The gift of God's love did not come wrapped in a pretty box. It came in the form of a first century Jewish peasant. He lived 30 years of relative obscurity. He ministered for three years and then was killed as a common criminal. And when the kings of the world look at this man, they think that he is nothing. It shocks them. The appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ is shocking. He didn't have what we call good optics. He was humble and humble didn't sell very well. You see, they were shocked at his appearance. The next reason why they rejected the gift of God's love was because they were shocked by his work. They knew that Christ was coming to defeat their enemies, but they thought that meant Rome. They thought that meant worldly enemies. And they did not like what Jesus actually came to do. Namely, to defeat the power of sin and death. If you look down at verse 4, it says, Surely He has borne our griefs 
and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Right? We were shocked that he came to bear our sins. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastenment that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Here in these verses... We have one of the clearest explanations of what Christ accomplished in his death. His work was to be a substitute for sinners. He came to take upon him the sickness of our sin, to be pierced. He came to be crushed for our iniquities. He came to be wounded so that we might be healed. Jesus came to take the punishment that should have been ours. The reason that Jesus went to the cross was so that we wouldn't have to. But this truth is an absolute horror to the world. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. Why is Christ's substitutionary death a stumbling block? Because it means that we are sinners. The reason the world does not want to accept the gift of God's love is because it means that we will have to confess that we were wrong. That we have been on the wrong path. That we have wandered into separate fields. We have wandered astray like a sheep. And we don't like to confess that we are wrong. We don't like to be confronted with our sin. You see, the work of Christ is shocking because it confronts us with the uncomfortable truth that by our actions we have earned God's displeasure. We deserve death for what we have done. What a scandal. What an affront. The gift of God's love was shocking because it was a statement of our desperate need for a Savior. And the world doesn't want to be confronted with their need. The next reason why the gift of God's love is not received is because Christ did not act the way that the world desired. Look at verse 7. It says that he was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. You see, the way that Jesus lived his life was offensive to the world. His people wanted him to fight back. Hey, they oppress you. Fight back. Don't act like that. Don't submit to that. What are you doing, Jesus? We want you to be our king to lead us in victory. Why are you acting so humbly? The religious people of the day did not like that he was hanging around with tax collectors and prostitutes. They didn't like the way that he was confronting them in their comfort of sin. Jesus says in Matthew 16 to those who were opposing him. He says. When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening He says to those who are testing him, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. 
an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. You see, the religious elite of the day came to Jesus and they asked for Jesus to prove that he's the Messiah. Hey, Jesus, if this is really the truth that you are the Messiah, then why don't you do a little trick for us? Why don't you prove it to us? Why Stop acting so humbly. Stop hiding this. And just come out and show us. But Jesus exposes the reality of their thinking. He says to them, Your minds weren't clear enough to figure out the weather, but why can't you see who I am? And He says, Because you are an adulterous generation. What does Jesus mean when He says that they're an adulterous generation? Well, the Messiah was to be the very bridegroom of Israel. Here stands the husband of Israel. Here stands their husband. And what do they say to him? What does the bride say to the bridegroom? Prove it to me. You see, they were shocked at his work. They were shocked at the way that he lived his life. The final reason that the world does not want the gift of Christmas is because he did not allow them the control that they desire. Verse 10, we see, it says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. You see, it was God's plan. To save the world in this way. It was the Lord who sent His Son. It was His will to purchase salvation through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I like to tell my family what to get me for Christmas. This year I even went online. I pulled up a page of something I wanted and I said to April, Hey, if you're looking for something for me for Christmas, you might find something on the computer. I even picked out the color and everything. But we don't get to tell God what we want. We don't get to dictate how He is to save us. You see, we want to do things our own way. We don't want God to have anything to do with it. We don't want His rules. We don't want His advice. If He's willing to facilitate getting what we want, then we may give Him the time of day. But if His standards are His ways ever get in the way of what we want, then we then He is history. We say, butt out, God. We don't want you in our lives. Mind your own business. Take your gift of Jesus and go home. This is what verse 6 means. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's why we are shocked at the gift of Christmas. Because we want to do it our own way. But God does not give us control. He is in control. He is God. And He does what pleases Him in heaven on on earth. It is He who predestined the death of His Son. It is He who foreordained the means of salvation. It is He who elected His people before the foundation of the earth. It was God who chose how to love His people. And in a world where we want control and autonomy, God's gift of salvation in Christ Jesus is shocking. And this Christmas Eve morning, I'm asking you, 
Are you shocked by God's gift of love? Does your need for a Savior shock you? Does His life, death, and resurrection scandalize you? Does His absolute control over the work of salvation bother you? Or do you love God's Christmas gift to you in Christ? Do you long for, will you marvel at the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ? This Advent season, are you longing for Christ to come again? As Mary and Joseph made their way into the town of Bethlehem, there was no room for them. There was no room for this young woman in the midst of birthing a child. Each home was filled. Each inn had all that it could hold. And dear Joseph ran across the cold street of Davidstown asking, pleading, does anyone have room? Does anyone have room for my wife? Does anyone have room for my child that was to be born? Does anyone want this gift of Christmas? I know it's coming in a way that you did not expect. I know it might be inconvenient for you, but will you receive the gift of Christmas this morning? And I'm asking you, do you have room for the gift of Christmas? Do you have a place in your heart for the love of God? Do you have a place for Christ? Or is His work, His appearance, His life, and His control too shocking for you? Come to Him. Receive Him. Like the world who rejects Him, He will not reject anyone who comes to Him, but will bring them to Himself and will give them the blessed gift of His Father's love, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go now to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do not like to be confronted with our needs. But we so desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see his beauty. And though he came Lord, is one to whom people turn their faces away. That we would open our arms this Christmas and joyfully receive salvation in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We pray it in his holy name. Amen.